Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Proverbs 112 Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in our commandments. Her offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and their righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. She is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with those who deal generously and lend who conduct their affairs with justice, for the righteous will never be moved. They will be remembered forever. She is not afraid of bad news. Her heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. She has distributed freely and given to the poor. Her righteousness endures forever. Her horn is exalted in honor. The wicked see it and are angry. They gnash their teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Proverbs chapter 18, verses 6 through 12. A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. A rich man's wealth is his strong city, and like a high wall in his imagination. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7-11 through 11. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another, as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Good morning and welcome to the 12th Friday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Laguna Niguel, California. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 112, Proverbs 18, and 1 Peter 4. And uh, the proverb kind of stuck out to me because it's a reverse, uh, or not a reverse, but um, the very last verse, Before destruction of man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. And I was trying to think where it actually appears. Pride goeth before the fall, and you know the King James version. Um, I thought it was a proverb, but maybe it's not. But I thought they were very interesting inverse realities. Humility comes before honor, and pride comes before the fall. Humility and pride are these, uh, you know, opposites. I'm 
uh, I'm pretty compelled by the Aristotelian uh, model of virtue and human goodness. And so humility and pride are both, they're not, humility is the good that serves something, but there's um, what Aristotle calls false humility, where you should be, uh, you should take recognition, you should accept recognition for things that are that you that are due to you. So false humility is, um, and this is an English language. I can't remember what the can't remember what the um, the the Greek word is. Um, but he calls false humility this thing where it's like, oh, you know, it's almost self-deprecatory, or it is self-deprecatory. If you're good, accept the fact that you're good, and accept the you know, the moderately do praises for being good, um, that it's not a violation of humility. Um, but I don't think, and humility is not the good, but uh, I think it's uh, it's false humility on the other end is like arrogance. Um, but it's not humility. Humility is not the, the mean between those two. So Aristotle thought uh, moderation in everything. That's you know basic, basically what Aristotle's ethics kind of boil down to, is that there are these golden means between a virtue, or I'm sorry, a vicious excess and a vicious uh, deficiency, um, and so the the virtue is in the middle of two bad things. One is too much of the virtue, and the other is not enough of the virtue, and so. False humility, self-deprecation is like it's it takes away from or denies the fact that you are good, that you have some reason, some some praise or recognition due to you. Arrogance is to expect more praise than you are due, um, and so that's why like the the Bible was not written by Greeks, even though. You know, the earliest manuscripts we have are in Greek in the Septuagint. Um, but the Greek Greek philosophy is different. Um, but it is interesting to me that, you know, the uh, on the one hand, humility comes before honor. And on the other, pride comes before the fall, uh, before sin, essentially. Um, so there's, there's something, I think, you know, I'd like to think there's something universal, that the Greeks were touching on something that is universally true in the world that the Hebrew imagination and the Hebrew tradition tells us the world was made, the the moral function of the universe. Maybe not the, you know, I don't take the stories literally, um, but I do believe that the stories contained in the Old Testament show us the uh, both the origin, the moral origin, and the telos, the destination toward which this universe is is moving. Um, and again, I don't I don't think they were talking to one another all that much, but like there's something there where um, we, as humans, know that like arrogance is bad, and there's a problem with arrogance. It leads to problems. It goes before sin. Um, and some theologians, I believe Aquinas was one of them, who loved Aristotle. Um, I believe it was him who said that ultimately that the most fundamental sin that kind of 
feeds into all the rest are pride, is pride. Um, that when you think that you're a god, whatever form your vice takes, it's it's standing on pride. Um, and I, I'm sure he uses that that uh, passage. I just can't remember. I don't remember it's in Proverbs or Torah. I can't remember. Um, so there's there's some differences between the Greek Western school of thought and what we've inherited and the Hebraic one. Um, humility is not a virtue to the Greeks. To Christians, I think it is. And I think you could make the argument that it was supposed to be for Israel, with God constantly reminding them, you know, remember that you were slaves in Egypt. Don't take more than you need. Like, it never says it explicitly, uh, except maybe right here in Proverbs. Um, but Christians, um, many early Christians who did subscribe to the virtues, took humility um, not only as the opposite of, of pride, but also the crowning virtue of them all. Um, because the, uh, especially the early Greek theologians, um, not Tertullian, oh my goodness. Uh, there, there's a handful of them. And I was looking into like, a, you know, the early understanding of the Christian world of, of like good and evil. And Prudentius, that's his name. Prudentius wrote um, a, a, an epic poem talking about the virtues and the vices personified. Um, and the before there were 12 deadly sins, there were 12 holy virtues. And humility was the crowning virtue of them all. Um, and then pride was the crown vice. Um, and so this isn't something you would see in Greeks. Because magnanimous or magnanimity is is not very humble. Like it's not it's not going to what I think Aristotle called false humility, um, and he condemned as a vice, as a deficiency in I don't I don't, I don't know if it's magnanimity, but as a deficiency of a vicious deficiency. Um, he would say no, no no you know don't fail to accept praise that is due to you. Um, accept it. And, you know, kind of live into it and then move on. But Christians, a very, very strong tradition within Christianity would say, no, like give it all to God. Like don't take any praise because all of it belongs to God. And it's, I, I feel very sympathetic to it. I have some hesitation, but I, I do think that it's fair to say it was a, a, a pretty significant mainline kind of understanding within the early Christian world, especially in the second, third centuries and into the fourth. That's when Prudentius wrote, I think it was like the early 200s maybe. Um, anyway, so it's there's it's interesting to see how some of this is kind of making its way throughout the world in the ancient, you know, in the ancient world that there's there's something universal there. I don't think, you know, the Aristotle and the, the Greek school, I don't know that they were talking to Jews or Israelites, they probably they existed, um, but like it's it's just interesting to me to see some of these parallels and how they they seem to be aware of one another. They have their own kind of take on things, but they are, you know, there's certainly some echoes uh, of one and the other. Um, and so, if humility comes before honor, and pride goes before the fall, there's these virtues that I'm sure they are <clears throat> they are aware of other people in the world doing this kind of work and and kind of taking their little 
the Israelite, you know, whoever's writing all this is taking their kind of little um, piece of the pie and saying, well, this is what, this is what we believe. A prayer for knowledge of God's creation from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, you made the universe with all its marvelous order, its atoms, worlds, and galaxies, and the infinite complexity of living creatures. Grant that as we probe the mysteries of your creation, we, co- may, we may come to know you more truly and more surely fulfill our role in your eternal purpose. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in an episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.